1: This is Amanda Diver. You're listening to Pantheon Podcast Network.
0: History in five songs. With host Martin Popov. A production of Pantheon Podcasts.
1: Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Pop-Up, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding uh, podcast network family. It's all music shows. Um, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Anywhere uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just Google away. Um, all right, so this is episode 194. I'm calling this Making Bass Interesting. Um, it's kind of funny. You know I've done uh, episodes recently on... Good drum sounds and bad drum sounds. Uh, Bob Mayo, uh, excellent smart music guy, said, "Now you got to do bad guitar sounds." And I thought, "Oh man, I don't know about that. It's so abstract. It's one sound. It's like a single snare drum or a single tom or something like that. It's a little technical. You got to know your uh, direct into the board. Your you know your the different sounds of a of a sh- You know uh, a, uh, a a a Gretch versus a uh, you know the the various Fenders and Gibsons. Uh, you know." You know, straight through a marshal, through a pig nose, all that sort of stuff. Tom Schultz. Um, I suppose I know enough if I thought about it, but it's it's kind of an abstract thing, right? Um, and then I thought, you know, good guitar sounds, that this, is that going to put me into doing good guitar sounds and bad guitar sounds? And then I thought of bass, and I thought bass, you know, good sounds, bad sounds. And then I thought to make a good, rich, full show, I'm just going to go uh, with the idea of bass and actually break these things down by category, uh, the different ways to make bass interesting. So I do have categories here, uh, the, the way we're going to do this. Bass is a funny thing. You know, I've often... I've often made the analogy that uh, that guitar and bass and drums, you know, comparing how hard they are to learn sort of thing. Bass is sort of like racquetball and guitar is more like golf or hockey. You know, racquetball, bass, um, you know everybody can pick it up and you, and you're essentially playing the game. And then from there, it's just sort of like a straight line getting better and better and better. Obviously, you know, in sport, you have your competition and music. You kind of do too, you know, to be considered a good bass player, you're, you're essentially compared to other bass players. So saying, saying bass is easy is kind of funny. It's, it's kind of like saying racquetball is easy. Well, yeah, it's easy, easy to pick it up and essentially be playing the same game as a pro very quickly. Um, but there is competition. So to be considered a good racquetball player, you're playing against another good racquetball player. And then and then it's a race to see who gets to the same amount of points. Or, you know, to to the winning number of points. Which now I forget in racquetball what it is. Is it twenty-one? Um anyways, racquetball and squash are that way. But you know, you think of golf, for example. Like you can't actually play golf until you can consistently, you know. Pick up the driver and, and hit it off the tee, right? And then and then use and then use an iron, right? Um, any idiot can putt. That's why we have mini mini putt. Uh, you know, mini golf. That's that's why you know you have this sport that you take you can take your three year old to, right? Every, putting is the same for everybody. It's just who's a better aimer at that point. But the first two things, you're not even really playing the game unless you can do that uh, consistently. And hockey's kind of the same thing with hockey. Skating is like chords, right? Um, you know, there there's a there's an entry level thing you need to be able to do before you are are can can even play hockey, and that's you have to be an an amazing amazing you know subconscious uh, second nature skater, right? Um, so there there are, and 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 guitar is kind of the same thing. There is this knowledge base and this fairly difficult thing to do, which is playing chords, which is different than bass. We're gonna get to bass chords uh, at the end, I think, but. Um, but it's a rare thing. Um, so yeah, um, guitar you have, you have to be able to move around pretty quickly using chords and stuff. So that's why I think bass is like racquetball. It's like you pick it up, you're essentially doing the same job as anybody else. You're just doing it slower and more clumsy. Um, and then of course the other cool thing about bass is that, you know, what, what happens as you get to be a better bass player. I've always had a bass, um, I haven't played in a long time, but I used to play fairly seriously in the eighties and I had you know action that's like a like an inch off the off the fretboard it was it was really a terrible bass right but um but uh, yeah, and I, and I keep thinking back to playing in various university apartments, and how I must have drove the neighbors crazy, right? You don't think about that stuff, right? Uh, so, anyways, so so the interesting thing about bass is that um, you have certain things that become second nature as you move along, and you come up with interesting bass lines, and you know there's some theory involved, but it's kind of theory that you could sort of learn by. Uh, you know, by, by rote, you don't, you don't need, um, you know, the, the actual figuring out guitar chords from a book sort of thing, you know, all the octave jumping and all that sort of stuff, uh, kind of comes naturally. So you just get to be a better, more fluid bass player and come up with more interesting things as time goes on. So anyways, that's enough, that's enough of that sermon. Uh, again yeah, and drums, of course, um. I've always felt that to be a good drummer, you're you're constantly having these mini breakthroughs along the way, which again is different. It's it's not like the big barriers to entry, like uh, like using the driver and the iron and being able to skate and chords. So they aren't they aren't the big barriers to entry, but with drums, it seems to be sort of in the middle where you have these little breakthroughs that you have to get through all the time. Uh, you know. Fig- figuring out your rudiments and your rolls and your paradiddles and that sort of stuff getting that double bass fluid and and seeing how everything uh, you know intersects with everything else um, you know learning that sixth sense of how many notes you can cram into a fill and 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 to get the rhythm right and and, and all that sort of stuff uh, you know getting your four limb independence right? Uh, your polyrhythmic stuff down, but your your four limb independence between, uh, you know, both both arms, and then and then you know that that clap in the hi hat with your left as you're doing everything else and just totally forgetting about it, but but having it happen, all that kind of stuff as well. So enough of that. So let's move on to our first selection here. So again, uh, what I did here is I'm I'm trying to give you a rich, full show without having um, having to say. Uh, I'm gonna do a bad bass sounds and good bass sounds uh, sort of thing. Um, so this is in category, our first category here. Take a listen to this. This is the jam with pretty green Okay, so our first category here is sound. Um, so I think that you can make bass interesting by having amazing bass sounds. Um, I think that Bruce Foxton from The Jam got this great gnarly sound. Now, this is Jam. This is The Jam. They're not exactly a post-punk band, but they're not a punk band either. So this is the the blending of uh, of getting towards that post-punk thing. Post-punk is really known for great um, great bass sounds. And, uh, and yes, this is a way to make bass interesting is have it have an intrusive sound because there are so many bands out there where you don't even think about the bass sound um, because it's so melded in it's just it can be a wallowing noise i know i've said this story before but i remember interviewing robert Trujillo for i think it was death magnetic and uh, once we were all done with the whole thing, he had some reservations. Uh, you know, we were finished the interview, and I said, oh, yeah, the bass is like, oh, it's there, but it's not very articulated. And and he was very concerned about that. Uh, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about the bass sound because you don't hear what I'm playing, right? So when you don't have very articulated bass, you kind of forget the bass is there. It's just part of the frequency thing. But when you have... This this good gnarly some people call it throaty or growly sort of sound um, the bass does become interesting it becomes closer to be you know doing what what I, a guitar through a distortion pedal does. Um, so he's like that. JJ Burnell from the stranglers is famous, famous for this. All of po- post punk is famous for this. You know, I, I read a thing that said uh, two seconds into peaches by the stranglers. You'll know what song you're listening to five seconds later. You'll be cursing John Jack Burnell for his talent and wondering how you can get that tone yourself. Um, you can use guitar amplifier, of course, like he did when he was young. You know, I read some other things that said, how do you get that great post punk bass sound? Um, uh this was on on a forum board you know people said uh and this stuff i kind i kind of knew anyways but it's good to see it articulated play with a pick um play with lots of mids in the amps apply a little overdrive so there's your stuff have a good fender bass um so here again you get into the characteristics of the instruments um a lot of new wave bass has chorus effect that i probably didn't really know eq in a lot of mids hot mid high frequencies um put a nice FET compressor on there. I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah. And you know, you think of joy division isolation on the closer album on the second album. So Peter hook is big into this thing as well. Um, you know where he's really known for his bass sound, but yeah, as soon as you get into the real post-punk stuff like uh, P.I.L. and Teardrop explodes and Echo and the Bunnymen and The Cure, uh, so here's another thing where you've got the bass six, you know, bass VI, which is uh, something that Robert Smith really liked, and that's sort of like a cross between. Uh, you know, I I read a thing right at the Fender site that said, you know, it's a it's a little bit semantics whether a bass six is a baritone guitar, but the point is it's this instrument that's sort of in between a bass and a guitar. So again there sound um, but for him there uh, the idea of the sound is you're getting uh, you know higher 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 individual string sounds. Um, where it's sounding like, you know, you might call it a piccolo bass or something like that, right? Um, but yeah, you hear it on this jam thing, and the other interesting thing you hear uh, in this jam situation is when you've got this good, gnarly sound like that, it makes the guitarist step back. You have to have an agreement with the guitarist, right? Uh, what are you going to do? But we're going to actually talk about that a little more in our further categories. So yeah, yeah, a few other people I just wanted to mention on this sound thing. Obviously, Lemmy is a big deal. Um... Getty Lee is a big deal. John N Twistle. I'm not going to say much about these guys because we're going to talk about them later. Chris Squire, you know, he I I listen to a little bit of different Chris Squire things, and he's a little up and down. He can be gnarly or or less gnarly, but you think about what he does in roundabout. I think Steve Harris does not have a good sound um, when you get that clacky thing that he has going on. Um, I don't think he particularly he he has a hard, mid-rangey sort of bass sound, but I don't think it's very it's it's not it's not a powerful throaty bass sound like you just even heard on this jam song uh, roger waters everybody thinks about one of these days um you know people talk about flea john Wetton's an interesting one i looked at red i looked at in the dead of night uk and he he can be gnarly or not gnarly um but yeah he's he's a little aggressive and insistent in there um sons of freedom man i love that go go listen to that uh, first sons of freedom album this vancouver band that were sort of like a post-punk grunge uh sort of heavy heavy band but uh don bins in there you know he's even got bins in his name right um it's an amazing, amazing uh, bass sound. Um, so, yeah, there's your sound category. Let's move on to our second selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Aerosmith with Sweet Emotion. Okay. So our category here is bass intros. Um, you know, uh, how to make bass interesting is have a very interesting bass thing that hits you right off the bat in a song. So bass intros is a cool thing. Another one people really think about a lot is, um, uh, Dave Ellison on uh mega death piece cells that has a very distinctive bass intro, you know, bass intros can be combined with other instruments where you actually really hear uh, the bass itself. Um, but uh, we've got um, Queen with Another One Bites the Dust. You Think a Beatles Come Together. That's an iconic one. Michael Jackson, Billy Jean, uh, Black Sabbath, N.I.B. He actually hits you with an actual bass solo before the song starts, which is quite bizarre. Um, You've got Kiss with Sure Know Something. Lou Reed, Walk on the Wild Side. People always talk about that bass uh, on there. I think it's like double-tracked. Might be Fretless too, I'm not sure. Um, Pink Floyd Money, you know, the most up-tempo track on... Um on Dark Side of the Moon, uh, but that's got a very distinctive bass uh, bass intro there. Um, Pearl Jam, Jeremy, Motorhead, Ace of Spades, you know, I've seen that mentioned as a bass intro, and it kind of is, It well, it is a bass intro, um, but, you know, certain writers have said people have even thought that that was actually a guitar because Lemmy has so, has so much mids in there, and Eddie, I remember talking to him a lot about how difficult it was getting his guitar to fit in with Lemmy because of his sound, so Lemmy obviously fits in the sound category but here he is in bass intro um, Primus man we could do a whole show on Primus Les Claypool uh, Jerry was a race car driver bass intro, Queen Under Pressure, super important bass intro or bass line, and lots of Iron Maiden starts with bass intros. You think of Phantom of the Opera, which is uh, unison bass and guitar doing that, that tricky uh, sort of intro thing. Um, so there you go. Uh, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work not dealing well with stress whatever you need it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy and now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help better help is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and 5 Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off of your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com 5songs. That's better. H-E-L-P dot 5songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring
0: Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Sweeney
1: all right let's move on to our third selection here and we shall discuss this is kiss with room service okay so we're back to the dress to kill album here and what is this category it's a it's a vague category that i'm going to call interesting bass parts um you know kiss is really underrated in this department now you know this is mostly gene simmons but you know there is the odd thing you can fall into the trap if you don't research this properly but you know the odd time paul stanley plays bass as well but you know you think of uh, rock and roll all night you think of um Detroit Rock City, you can go through many, many, many Kiss songs and realize that um, they're interesting songs because of this old school attitude of, of, writing an interesting, proper, complicated bass line that is, that is so contrapuntal or con- contramelodic uh, to what the guitar is doing. So so the two act in concert and one and one equals three, right? Synergy. Um, but you can hear it even in this, uh, you know, modest little kiss song from a modest little kiss album called Dress to Kill Room Service. Um, so yeah, you gotta hand it to uh, you gotta hand it to uh, Gene for doing this across these Kiss albums and coming up with these interesting bass lines. And like I say, it's almost like a traditional old school thing where uh, bass was treated as a, as a a proper instrument um it's not just as roger glover calls it teenage eighth notes you know later on i think um maybe thrash is a little bit like this um maybe hair metal is a little bit like this but um it seems like the bass takes a little bit of a back seat or the bass is doing exactly what the guitar is doing and probably frankly the guitarist wrote the riff and now the bass player just has to follow the guitar um so that happens um but you know other other ones you think of um in this category of interesting bass parts, they're all over the place. But, uh, you know, I instantly thought of, uh, you know, Paul Simonon, The Clash, Guns of Brixton. That is one of his. Um, that also, so you know, intros as bass. But, you know, the whole song rests on the bass line. Um, you think of a band like Police, uh, The Police, where... Um, you know, Sting has to be quite interesting on the bass all the time because it is a trio, and uh, and uh, Andy is being obtuse and jagged and angular uh, with his guitar, so a lot of the times uh, the bass lines are very interesting there. Um, you know, Rush is uh, is definitely a big one here as well. You think of Distance, Distant Early Warning. So there's a lot of Rush songs where. Um, Getty is essentially playing the riff that you remember. This is a perfect example because uh, you just listen to what Alex is doing, and he's just kind of like chiming away, uh, you know, off in sort of a, um, a a slide rule mathematical world, while Getty is really the guy making the music, right? So, so that happens a lot in Rush. Um, you know, and Rush is an interesting one where, um, again we had him in the sound category because he does have an interesting sound. It's not always gnarly and it and it goes up and down. And then he has his 80s thing that he does as well. Um, but yeah, interesting bass lines there. You know, Immigrant Song's a funny one. We had our band in the 80s, Torque. You know, we played Immigrant Song and Sammy, that was always the hardest thing for him to do because, uh, you know, the verse is not the big deal. But when it goes into that chorus slash break thing uh john paul jones just turns in this ripping you know very fast kind of uh you know scaling uh sort of baseline and uh, and it was always interesting watching sammy sweat through that thing right but doors riders on the storm is a note is a good one the cure love cats there's again a lot of great a lot of cure songs really live and die on a baseline right um or or a bass tone. Um, Because they because they write these very spare uh, arrangements quite often, especially in the early days. You know, Rush Digital Man is a good example. Yes. Roundabout. You know, we talked about Chris Squire. um, But that's one, you know, you, you think of how that song kicks in. Well, actually how the verses are going as well. Chris is the guy doing all the heavy lifting, and you know the guitar is just going ding, 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 jing, right? So um, there, there's, uh, there's again this uh, this agreement between the guitarist and the bass player. It's like, well, if one of us is going to be busy, the other one can't be busy. So you're usually not busy at the same time. So it's this conversation that goes on uh, between the two. Sometimes the the guitar riff is obviously the the super complicated thing, right? Um, so yeah, there's uh there's your basic category of interesting bass parts. Let's move on to number four here. Take a listen to this. This is the Who with the Punk and the Godfather. <laughs> All right, so that's from Quadrophenia. You know, I've got a, a Quadrophenia book coming out, big coffee table book, just like my uh, Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon book, same publisher. Um, but John Entwistle. So the category here is lead bass. Uh, it's essentially so. How do you make bass interesting? You make it the lead instrument, right? Um, so so John Entwistle is always the extreme example of this, where uh, you know th- this is a band that has lead drums, it has lead bass, and it and it kind of has quite often a lead guitarist, but quite often Pete Townsend plays the, um, plays the role of uh, rhythm guitarist in, in even in, in an odd sense where he's, he's kind of like a chiming in, almost like a percussive rhythm rather than, than a, a robotic drum set rhythm. Um, and he's also lead guitarist. He's also throwing in licks. So licks is an interesting word to use when it comes to bass. I don't have a licks category here, but you can imagine how it fits in with all this. Um, but John Entwistle, again, uh, you listen to even just this passage, you just hear how complex uh, and strange and interesting he's being on bass. So he's known as a lead ba- lead bass player. Another famous one is Billy Sheehan, uh, whether it's in Talis or Mr. Big or on his solo albums, right? Um, so he's, you know to the point of distraction and to the point of it being kind of like a bass guitar or bass lovers band, um, that he is this busy, complicated, interesting bass player in there. You think of some of the fretless guys, Jeff Berlin, I could have done a fretless category, but fretless is a way, um, to, to make bass feel like it's a lead instrument. And it's also a tone thing and a gizmo thing, I suppose as well. Um, you know, magazine. I just did a show with uh, with Daniel Bosch, um, and we went through the magazine catalog. and I remember doing a bunch of research for that. And I couldn't find how much um it it uh, you know, it, it, any overt reference to him using um, fretless bass, but it sounds very fretless. And this we had the same thing go on in the in the King Crimson panel book that I've been working on um, with guys where,, uh, you know, pretty knowledgeable guys said, it's kind of hard to tell when Tony Levin's actually using fretless or not because he's so good at even having a fretted instrument sound like a fretless instrument, right? So uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, you know, a sub- a subcategory here in the idea of uh, of lead bass is literally John Entwistle having one of the most famous one of the earliest bass solos in a song in my generation. That's a very celebrated bass solo. So you talk about a lead bassist here; he's actually doing a bass solo. And uh, you know, I know Lemmy's got a few bass solos a- along the way. It's usually the drum beats going along at the same time, right? It's just him, you know, t- taking a little bit of a blow, as they say, right? Um, so yeah, Lemmy's kind of funny in that way as well. But I, I would. I wouldn't call Lemmy a lead bassist. I wouldn't even call Getty Lee a lead bassist. Um, you know, they're integrated with the song, with the music. Lemmy usually is not playing super complicated because he's, he's got his hands full singing as well, right? So that's super important. Um, so there you go. Lead bassist category, uh, you know, Chris Squire, you know, you think of when you get to the, uh, fish out of water album, the best solo album from anybody, uh, in, uh, in yes ever. Um, you know, on that it is his bass solo album. So there is some neat, you know, you think of hold out my hand, um, uh, you know, the first song, you know, bass is kind of a lead instrument in that. So that's kind of cool. Um, all right, let's move on to our last category. Take a listen to this. This is the damned with Billy bad Breaks.
0: Well, look, don't come One step and two
1: I may have even used uh, this song in a in a previous uh, previous show. I'm not sure, but my category here is just overall enjoyable bass players, right? Overall. Overall tone and good glancing lines and holding holding down the root as well, but not all the time. But knowing how to hold down the root with some complication. This is Paul Gray, so how to make bass interesting, uh, be Paul Gray. Um, that's one way to make bass interesting. And the reason I wanted to bring up this song in particular is... Um, you can go on YouTube and watch a video of him just sitting on his couch at home uh, playing this bass line with the music, you know, muted back a little so you could really see what he's doing. And you could just see the joy and the, and the, uh, you know, the coolness of, of bass guitar and the cool things you can do with it. You know, he's he's considered a, a, a busy bass player, but but he's not a John Entwistle, you know. he He's quipped before, I think he told me once, or I've seen quotes or whatever, um, that, um Boy, if I was paid by the note, you know, I'd be a rich man and all this kind of stuff, right? But he's but he's very musical. He knows what he's doing, but he's just in there, you know, making the bass an, instrument, an interesting instrument in the mix, right? Um, so go watch that video of him playing Billy Bad Breaks. Um, you know, he's on, I think, the most interesting Damned albums. And I think as a bass player and as a writer, he makes those albums the most interesting Damned albums. Um, so yeah, that's overall overall tone, uh, you know, um, like I say, uh, uh, you know, a good adherence to, to holding down the root, but doing it with some sophistication. So you even hear that in this 32nd clip that we just played. I, th- I think, uh, I think, um, Bruce Foxton as well in, uh, in the jam is the same sort of thing. You hear him, uh, just being a good rounded overall bass player and, and making the songs, uh, interesting. Um, all right. So that's our, our five things. I, I just wanted to mention a few honorable mentions in this category. Um, you know, uh, you think of things like so. So the episode's called uh, what? What did I call it? Making making bass interesting. Yeah, I always try to keep these things kind of short. But so other ways to make uh, bass interesting: slap bass. So that's kind of a cool thing. You know, you think of Tony Levin with his funk fingers. You think of the Chapman Stick. Uh, you can make bass interesting <clears throat> by having interesting-looking basses that are played slightly different way you think of uh you think of the war guitar right that whole idea tapping on on bass is, is kind of interesting uh we've mentioned the bass six earlier right um that um that robert smith uses a lot and it's part of the cure and you can listen to a lot of cure songs you know put those headphones on and sometimes it's hard to discern what is actually being played on guitar versus on bass because it is kind of a blended uh instrument between the two um so yeah and you know you think of um I, I promised I would mention chords. Um, you know, sometimes you hear bass chords, and I don't think they ever sound very interesting. I think I've heard... I think Lemmy does it occasionally, but certainly, you know, when I think of Rush, I think of the Vapors Trails, uh, Vapor Trails album for some reason more than, more than others. And I think in most cases, bass chords don't sound all that interesting. An interesting thing Dusty Hill told me once, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, he said that when you're in a trio you have to be, uh, you have to play the bass and the guitar on the bass sometimes. Um, and what he meant by that is that if, if Billy is off soloing, he said, you know, that is a time I, I I might be paraphrasing or putting, putting words in his mouth, but, um, that is a time that, that you might play bass chords, um, But I think what he meant more so is that I have to make this bass line more interesting than a normal bass line because I have to cover off the rhythm guitar to fill in the sound a little more because Billy's off soloing at this moment, right? And we're just a trio. We just have one guitar. So there's always that problem, right? And always that interesting thing about what do you do on the bass when you only have one guitarist in the band. And Van Halen is famous for this, for having, you know, so many times Eddie go off on solo right on the record, right? He'll he'll solo on the record and he'll say, no, we're not putting in a rhythm guitar track behind this. and you know it's up to Mikey to help make this interesting, right? So that's kind of a cool thing too. And the last thing I wanted to mention is, uh, you know, when you when you go and research the idea of interesting bass parts, greatest bass parts of all time, greatest bass solos, greatest bass intros, there's a lot of you know a whole type of music that we haven't talked about here. Which is the whole R and B world, right? R and B, and forget jazz. You mean even go into jazz, but you know, I want I wanted to mention things that you'll see on these lists are are chic. James Brown, uh, Marvin Gaye, Benny King, Sly and the Family Stone, Stevie Wonder—so so a lot of the great bass playing in the world takes place uh, in in all of that music uh, as well. Um, so there you go. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to kofi rhymes with no slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. Uh, this week, I would like to thank Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Joe Beck, David Fisher, Jamie Laszlo, James Michalev. Uh, Monty Olson, Augustin Garcia Di Steve Polari, Dan Rosenson, Brian Sager, Eddie Salinger, and John Stuckey. Thank you all. Um, again, You can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. We've also got our video show, The Contrarians. Uh, The latest book uh, that just came out is ACDC at 50. It's a big, beautiful plush coffee table book, full color throughout. Um, The Pink Floyd, um, as I'm speaking here, it's currently out of stock, but I'll have those back in May. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon book. Still have my two Alice Cooper books. Still have my Damned book. Uh, Again, we, we played the Damned in this show. I love Paul Gray to death. He's so cool. Um, but uh, yeah, go go watch that video. That's your homework for today. Go watch the Billy Brad Bad Breaks video. He actually does this for a couple other songs as well. So it's kind of cool. So that might lead you to s- some others. But I definitely uh, find a lot of joy in what he's doing uh, in, uh, and, and good overall, you know, good bass guitar instincts in what he's doing uh, there. So uh, there you go. That's it for now. Maybe we'll tackle guitar in some ways. I'm not sure how to do it exactly. But, uh, but I thought this made for a good action-packed Base episode. Talk to you later. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links
0: at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at R Archaeology. Tweet us at R and R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football